Hello there. You're listening to episode 17 of At Home with Breathney. And this week we're talking all about how to get a property found and sale agreed within the shortest possible time. I talked through my top 10 tips, which were featured in the Irish Times earlier this year. And I hope that by the end of the podcast, you'll have one or two new ideas about how to speed up your property purchase. Hello there, and thank you for listening. The first tip is recognise that this is a golden moment, by which I mean, right now, you're in a position that you want to buy a property, you can finance a property, and you have the health to go and get this job done. Now, don't take that for granted. So basically, what I'm saying is time doesn't stand still. Things can change. New bosses can get employed, which make your job horrible, which might make you want to leave your job, which in turn will make you less eligible for a mortgage if you don't have a job, which means that now, if you can, while you like your workplace and you're in a position to borrow, don't assume it's going to last forever. Equally, if you have money in shares, shares can go down as well as up. If you have money in an account that's in a different currency and the exchange rate is good, we all know these things don't stay the same. So what I just want to draw our attention to is that things change and if you can do it now, then don't take that for granted. The second point is three months. Try and get your property found within three months. The reason I say that is because me working as a buyer's agent for clients, my contract is for three months. And that's because in my experience, I find I always find a property, a suitable property for clients within a three month period. So let's just assume it can be done. Imagine if you were to say that you only have 12 Saturdays to find your next property. Won't you be just a little bit more selective about what you go to see? Won't you put a finer value on each viewing? And perhaps you'll be more selective in what you decide to actually go and see. My point here is that by putting a finite time frame on your search, it will have a knock-on effect in the tasks that are going to further you in finding the right property. You're not going to waste your time, in other words. The third thing is that clarity facilitates speed. Work out what you love and what you hate. When you find a house you really like, just assume that you've bought it already. So literally mentally move into the property. So just to take an example, let's say there's a property for sale. It's 850,000 euros and have gone to see it and everything about it you like. Well, now, before you go and place a bid on it or do anything else, just imagine that you've bought it and think of how it would feel to get up in that particular bedroom, looking at that particular window, using that ensuite or otherwise, working in that kitchen, having that garden, walking out that door, parking your car on that street or your two cars on that driveway, whatever it is. Really just close your eyes and run through it and see how that plays out for you. Do you find that you're liking what you see or do you find that "Mm, maybe I'm not so happy looking at that ugly looking fence every day? Perhaps your neighbours have a particular security fence that you don't like the look of. Or maybe I'm not so happy that if visitors come to for dinner, they're going to have to park their car a long way away. So 
what I'm suggesting here is that when you've seen a house that you think fits the bill, just go through it um, from the point of view of living in it. Assume you've bought it and decide what are the things that are going to make you realise, yes, that was a good buy and what things might jar on you and might make you regret your decision. The other thing I would say is budget. When it comes to clarity, budget, you need to know exactly how much you've got to spend. I've had situations where clients have come to me and they're basically working on two budgets. On the one hand, they might say, I want to spend a million or I'm prepared to spend a million. And on the other hand, they actually have a smaller budget that they're more comfortable with. So just because you can spend a certain amount, get really clear in your guts about what's comfortable to you to spend and then stick with that. Don't allow yourself vary between your comfort level and your actual ability level because that just means you're going to keep yo-yoing up and down between two different price brackets and I think you're going to find you never really do a proper search in one price bracket. So get really clear on your budget um, from both an ability and from your guts point of view and stick with it. Clarity, just one last thing to say on clarity is don't concentrate on all the things you don't know about houses. My experience is that people often think, oh, you know, I don't know anything about houses. Uh, you know, I'm not very good on interior design. That's all fine. But now, while you're searching, you live in your own house. Look at that. What do you currently like about your house? What do you like about friends' houses? When you're out for dinner, what? Or out having a coffee? What do you like about the space you're in? Start building up a really clear picture of the kind of things that actually delight you. E.g. is it a light place? Is it a big space? Is it the proportions of a room? Is it the fact that it has a garden? Try and hone your own preferences. This will make you clearer and clarity facilitates speed. Tip four is to use the online resources that are available to you really well. So there's just two I'm going to talk about here, actually three. One is download the app form of myhome.ie and also of daft.ie because the app forms of both um, sites have a good option to search nearby. So let's just say you're driving around an area and you think, I like this area. I wonder, can I afford it? If you go onto the app on your phone and just go search for sale nearby, you'll see straight away what the price asking prices in that neighborhood are. It, it's a much quicker way than going into my home, clicking in, say, the area, Ranala, Whitehall, wherever it is. So use the app versions of my home and daft.ie and use their nearby facilities because they're really useful. Tip five is spend more time doing drive-bys. You know yourself that if you are interested in a property and you phone the agent to make an appointment to go and see it, sometimes you don't get the agent when you phone. Sometimes the office doesn't even answer the phone. Sometimes the receptionist says, I'll get the agent to phone you back. Then the agent does and you're at a meeting. So even setting up a viewing can take a lot of time. My advice to you is don't bother setting up the viewing first. Go and do a drive-by viewing. You'll, in the space of time it takes you to arrange one actual physical viewing, you may well have actually achieved a drive-by viewing of your short list of five properties. And by driving by the property, before wasting the time setting up an appointment to see it, you can tell an awful lot. 
For example, you can tell, has it got a double yellow line outside? That's going to be very annoying if friends are coming to visit you. Has it got, um, is it on a one-way street? Are you going to have to do a big loop every time you go home? Does it have a bus stop outside? Maybe that's something you'd prefer not to have. Does it have neighbours who look like they're living very badly in their house? In which case, maybe you don't want to buy that house. Um, so a drive-by viewing can tell you an awful lot, including whether the neighbours have extended their house at the back or done attic conversions, etc. Step six is bid decisively. So a few things to know about bidding. One is if the property has been on the market for more than four weeks, the chances are it's slightly overpriced. So for argument's sake, let's say the property is asking 450,000 and it's been on the market for more than four weeks. You can be pretty sure that that property is overpriced, in which case I would say go in with a bid that's under the asking price, something like maybe 435. So that's the first thing. Four weeks is a key time. The second thing is if you're a cash bidder and you're bidding against someone who's borrowing to buy, know that your cash bid is worth a little bit more than the person who's borrowing to buy because the agent ultimately wants a deal. They don't much care whether they sell the property for 455 or 457. What they really want to make sure is that they've got a deal and a cash buyer is in a better position to make the deal happen than someone who's borrowing to buy. And the reason is because a cash buyer does not need the imprimatur or say so of any other third party. They can just do, take out their checkbook or go to the bank, get the cash and do the deal. Whereas someone who's borrowing to buy is at the mercy of a bank valuer coming out to value it and finding that the value is correct, etc, etc. So know that if you're bidding as a cash buyer, you probably don't need to increase your bid by the same quantum as someone who is borrowing to buy. The other thing about bidding that you should know is that if an agent tells you there is a bid of X on a property, my experience is that you should believe that agent. Um, perhaps in the past there have been agents who've fraudulently said that there have been bids on properties. But right now, since the introduction of the PSRA in 2011, an agent will lose their license if they make up bids. So if an agent tells you there's a bid on the property, my advice to you is believe that there is a bid. However, I, my suggestion to you is to ask them when was that bid placed? Because sometimes someone could have put a bid on a property and walked away from it and gone sale agreed on something else. But an agent may quote you that bid kind of in the knowledge that that bid is no longer there. So it's always a good idea to ask when was that bid placed? Actually, my last point about the bidding is to trust your own judgment. And I'll just give you one example. Um, I was selling a property and the, the, it was asking 595. Now, 595, I happen to know, would have actually bought the property. It's not always the case that the asking price would actually buy the property, that the vendor would be happy to sell a property for the asking price. But in this case, they were. And I knew that a couple who had looked at it had really liked it and it was there available um, to be bought at 595, the asking price. But the couple offered a lower bid. They offered a bid of 585 and my vendor wasn't happy to take that. And I told the couple that the bid of 595, that if they bid 595, they'd actually get the house. But they didn't want to do that because they thought, well, why should we? There's nobody bidding against us. Um, why should we 
effectively what they would consider to bid against themselves and bring it up to 595. But in my view, that's not clear thinking. Your job is to get a deal done with the vendor. And if the vendor is happy to take 595 and you can afford it, well, my advice is bid it. Because what actually ended up happening to that couple was they ended up buying the property for 640,000 because they waited so long um, for someone else to come into the bidding to bid 595 that they ended up bidding against that person. So rather than trust their judgment and say, look, we'll go with 595, they waited until another person came into the bidding and ended up spending basically another 45 to 50,000 on it that they didn't need to. So with the bidding is trust your judgment as well. If you like it and you can afford it and it suits you, go for it. Number seven is get your property team ready before you need them. And the property team I'm talking about is a mortgage broker, a solicitor and a surveyor. Um, what my experience is, is that very often, and it's human nature, we leave it till the last minute to get these people until we actually find the house we want to buy. Probably some part of us doesn't really believe we're going to find the house. So we don't get our team. We don't act as though we are going to find the property and we don't gather our property team together. So my advice is go out and find yourself the surveyor you're going to use. Ask friends for good recommendations. Get in touch with the surveyor ask to see a sample of their survey, the type of survey they do, so that when you go sale agreed, you know exactly what happens next and you've confidence in your surveyor. And similarly, identify what solicitor you're going to use. It means that you now have time to shop around because as soon as you go sale agreed on a property, the agent who's selling the property is going to ask you for a solicitor's name. And then you're kind of over a barrel. You need to produce a solicitor's name and you don't have time to shop around. So my advice is ask some friends for good recommendations. Get in touch with those solicitors. See, do you like working with them? See, do you like the vibe? How quickly they answer their phone? How soon they get back to you, etc. And I also suggest you get a mortgage broker, someone who is able to compare any rate that your bank has offered you with um, other competing banks. So I would suggest you do them now before you have found your property. Step eight is before you ever go and arrange to view a property, you should be so sure that that property suits you and that you love everything about that property. My advice is that before you ever walk in the door, you should know that you can afford this property, that it's in a location that you like, that you'd feel safe walking home from, that it suits your day-to-day -day commute, that the garden size, if any, is will suit you, that the orientation works, that it offers you the potential you might like to extend. You can know all of this about a property without ever having set foot inside it. So my advice is set foot inside fewer properties, but do more research by the drive-bys. Tip number nine is do a commercial search on My Home and on Daft as well and on BidX1 to see what's available that might suit you. Perhaps you could rent out a shop underneath you to earn you some extra money. Tip number 10 is to try and make it fun and fast and on target. So if you keep those three words in your head as you do everything, fun, fast, on target. 
you for listening today. I'm always open to ideas and suggestions for the podcast. So please get in touch if you've anything you'd like me to cover or if you would like any further information on some of the topics we've covered. In the meanwhile, if you're someone who's wanting to buy a property in Ireland but are finding it difficult, perhaps you're living abroad, perhaps you're not living in Dublin or in the city where you want to buy, so you're working full time, doing a lot of travelling, either way, for whatever reason you're finding it hard to get a property found and sale agreed, then you may be interested in my property buying services. Uh, please check them out on my website, brefneyokelly.ie. Thank you.